fraternal greetings and a warm welcome to you. We're glad that you could join us on the Ashlers podcast, a space for the world's oldest fraternity to shine some light through Masonic paper readings, discussions, interviews, and more. Freemasonry is so old that our lifetime wouldn't be enough to capture its grandeur in the entirety. However, all things great should begin somewhere, and so we are thrilled to start off with season one, which will focus on Freemasonry and its roots in India, one state at a time. As a disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely of the participants and do not represent any official positions including those of any grand lodge or constitutions thereof best efforts have been made to keep the conversation on the level for brethren and non masons alike hello and welcome to another episode of the ashlers india's first masonic based podcast by masons for the world so folks those of us who have been regularly listening to us must have been thinking that uh, this time these guys are a bit late thoda sa delay ho gaya well you know when it comes to a creative endeavor there are two things one is taking a break the other is waiting for inspiration and in some cases uh, especially in a podcast like ours where we heavily depend on a lot of research um finding information and you know presenting it to all our listeners it so happens at times that we have to wait for the information to come over to us because we are dependent on many different brethren to take some time out of their busy schedules and you know dedicate that over to us by giving us information or talking to us over the phone and what not so in this case we you know had to wait a little bit but nevertheless we have got some exciting information to share with you on our state for the day that is odisha or uh, should i say oda visaya or udra bibhasha udra bibhasha well if you're wondering what am i talking about these are all different words for the same state which we also know as orissa and they all come from the ancient uh, prakrit words you know these are this is one state with so many different names uh, rinesh you want to elaborate a little bit yeah thanks thanks shishir for this uh, when we were trying to understand on what we can actually cover with respect to orissa or odisha so the first thing which you obviously always do is try to understand the name itself try to understand where the name comes from what exactly happens and like who must have given this name to the state so that kind of gives you a lot information about the state about its history as well this state is very peculiar it has lot of names as a matter of fact listeners if you have the time just go and search for orissa various names of orissa and you will have a full wikipedia page of so many names which were given to this state and the best part is all that name actually has a meaning to it and a history towards it so some of the names which we came to know about is kalinga utkala mahakantara udra orda odiana kamala mandala odivisya sorry it's odivisa which actually was used in buddhist text also i am pretty sure there has to be some connection with buddhism and this place but let's explore that in future in our episode 
yeah and you know before we go to the buddhist angle to this wonderful state uh, state uh, i would also like to talk about some of the you know ancient architecture that uh, odisha is famous for we have the jagannath temple lingaraj temple sun temple rock and cloth paintings sand art on the beaches of puri brass and dokra works odissi dance a martial a tribal you know martial dance called chahu now one little fun fact about the jagannath temple uh, let me paint a picture for you all right imagine you're a westerner who has come for the first time to india and you witness what seems to be like a a, a massive temple or a building that suddenly starts moving and how it moves is all the people in the village start pulling it on chariots imagine a building begin to move right in front of your eyes wouldn't that be a sight to you well that's exactly what some of the westerners or the britishers in this case happened to witness when they saw the uh jagannath temple festival where they actually have the temple put on chariots and sort of you know move across the village so that's the that's yatra where, which you're talking about right yes that's the rath yatra and that's where the term jagarnot came into picture so the moment you want to describe something huge and massive they you know usually the term would be uh, used as jagarnot jagarnot so, yeah 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 so that's where jagannath and jagarnot sort of have a bit of a history so i thought that would be interesting for the folks to listen now coming back to the buddhist angle there is one important figure whom we cannot take out when it comes to buddhism apart from gautam buddha let me add that and that is ashoka the great and i think rinesh has something interesting to share on that rinesh over to you that's it so uh, when obviously we were looking at the names of orissa we came across this place called kalinga and kalinga when we know about ashoka and the uh, angle of kalinga is the kalinga war so this is where the famous kalinga war was fought now giving us brief history of ashoka ashoka was of the mauryan dynasty he was between 268 before common era to 232 before common era and he conquered kalinga during the kalinga war in 261 before common era very early but according to some sources the resulting bloodshed and the suffering of war in this the kalinga war deeply affected ashoka so much that he actually felt that this is it i have already tr- started achieving certain things which i wanted and i have been able to and he has come to a stage where he can actually demand certain stuff and he should be he will be able to get it why because he has a larger army he actually turned into a pacifist and converted to buddhism so much so that he started sending peace emissaries to various neighboring nations especially the southeast of asia so the kalinga war was in uh, the spread of buddhism in this in the southeast asia and certain parts of asia is an indirect consequence of the kalinga war actually and that is how buddhism spread across most of these countries at and the way we are actually seeing it right now and that was all thanks to ashoka sending his emissaries across these nations and that is also what brought about the spread of buddhism in a big way hmm. but uh, renesh let me ask you two questions one is what is the connection if at all between buddhism and freemasonry and second thing can a buddhist be a freemason 
because we require someone to believe in a supreme being right but i don't think buddhists do that so what do you say okay your first question itself right what is the angle the angle itself is can buddhists become freemason that itself was the question which my, many of uh, my listeners uh initially when i used to talk about it during our lodge meetings and all so there were some of these younger guys right who used to actually want to know about freemasonry and uh, listeners when i'm talking about young it is not to the age it's the time in freemasonry it's there is nothing related to age in this so what happened is obviously couple of these guys were obviously asking about okay can a christian become a freemason or can a hindu become a freemason so these were some of the questions which they had so obviously one of them actually came and asked me why not buddhism and that is when i started thinking yeah that kind of makes uh, makes me start thinking or ponder that i have actually not met a buddhist in freemason uh, at least in the circle which i knew about and obviously that was because i we we joined freemasonry in bangalore not, not many buddhists are actually here as of now so obviously we did not have an idea but that made me start realizing what exactly is the connection and can a buddhist become a freemason now buddhism is considered as the fourth largest religion in the world now followers of buddha buddhism actually don't acknowledge a supreme god or a deity like one specific uh, uh, idol or a one specific person like the way other religions would actually do that now they act instead focus on achieving enlightenment and that enlightenment is actually through inner self they achieve a state of inner peace and wisdom and achieving that state of inner peace and wisdom is called as achieving or experiencing nirvana Gautam Buddha was an extraordinary man but not a god but the teachings of Gautam Buddha is what the entire Buddhism religion is all about and that teaching is what live and let live follow the path of righteousness try to find the light in your life try to achieve those things inside i and listeners who are actually masons here right they would obviously understand it is very similar to what freemasonry teaches us so how exactly are they different when it comes to means trying to stop somebody so it was a very proper alignment when it came to buddhism and freemasonry so when in some parts of the country in some parts of our world when buddhist obviously approached a mason and under wanted to understand what freemasonry is all about or they must have become a freemason for them this was like oh yeah that's is something which is which we do it anyway every other day every other time so why not become a freemason and that's how the connection became now this is where i got an opportunity to speak one of the brother from sri lanka who is a buddhist and he gave me a really good insight on how exactly this connection matters so some of the pointers which i am actually telling you guys are all based thanks to him so uh, long story short a buddhist can become a freemason and uh, what book would they be using for Oh yes. Obligation, yeah. Yeah. So listeners again the obligation is supposedly a vow which we take in front of everybody telling that we will live a good life we will try to do the right thing in our life. So this is something exactly what you would do in a temple like you will obviously pray to god uh, most of the time we obviously ask for something and along with that we also say that okay god please help me in doing these things and i will ensure that i will try to do these 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 things. Now in freemasonry too we actually ob- to take an obligation an obligation of saying that we are going to live a good life an obligation that actually can help us lead a better life okay that actually means take care of our people take care of our family take care of ourselves and take care of the people around us now when i have to do all these things i obviously take an obligation and that obligation for most of the freemasons are done on the book which they follow now when i say a book it is not some random book 
it's a book which has those moral codes and ethics so for a hindu it is the bhagavad gita now there can be many other books which you can actually follow but there are certain standard books which are kept inside a lodge now that standard books are actually been defined by us so obviously we go with that but that doesn't mean that obviously you can't you can't think of any other stuff but yeah for a hindu it is bhagavad gita for a christian it is the bible for a muslim it's obviously the holy quran we have two other books one for the sikh which is the guru granth sahib and for the parsis which is the zendavesta now when it comes to a buddhist they take their obligation on a book called dhammapada dhammapada itself means the path of dharma which actually mentions everything with respect to how to live a dharmic or a dharma life so a buddhist if he ever wants to become a freemason in any part of the world will actually take his obligation on the book which is the dhammapada let me ask you one uh, well but twist of a question okay let's mm. say i have a very scientific outlook towards mm-hmm. life and i firmly believe in science but somewhere i also feel that there is some power some energy i cannot define it in words maybe but i kind of feel that there is this mysterious power out there which is pulling the strings of right. the entire universe and i mm. want to get initiated into freemasonry because i sort of have a belief in such a being and hmm. i bring over the principia mathematica the magnum opus ah. of uh, <laughs> yeah so will that ever happen so this is only my answer this is obviously not a stance by my lodge or by my grand lodge of india uh in i have actually read about it there was a brother in some part of the world uh, not in our country yet the in some part of the world who actually bought a principia mathematica saying that i do believe in a supreme being but for me that supreme being unfortunately is not part of any re- specific religion but it is definitely a part of science it is definitely a part of something which is actually making this entire universe work and for me those things are available in this book which is the principia mathematica as a matter of fact he was actually very specific and, and this was obviously a blog post which i had read some years back and it kind of made me start thinking see when what exactly is the criteria for becoming a freemason you need to believe in a supreme being we use the word supreme being we don't use any specific terminology which is actually used in some of the major religions we use the word supreme being because that concept of supreme being is very different for every other person it is actually different for shishir it is actually different for me it is different for any other person whom you meet yes it's easier sometimes to just name it with the name of the god which we talk about but the concept is actually still very different your path and my path are different the goal is the same please don't forget that the goal is still still definitely the same so this brother uh, obviously as i said again this i read it in a blog post uh, i think it was in somewhere in some part of europe or maybe eastern europe i'm uh, i'm not very sure about which part uh, so this brother bought principia mathematica in front and said that i believe in the equations and this is how exactly the universe works and but the, i can't explain everything but this is how exactly it looks like so i prefer to take my obligation in that and the worshipful master of the lodge and maybe the grand lodge and w- w- whatever they must have done to take the uh, required permissions and everything they kind of agreed with that now what exactly does it mean it actually means inclusivity it actually means that we understand the concept and we are ready to see past through that concept to understand that man, that man has come in front of us with a very good motive 
he is a good man and he actually believes in something in a higher power instead think, of giving uh, it a name yeah yeah i was actually coming to exactly what you're about to say right now renesh instead hmm. of giving it a name yes. i think believing in that concept of something much much larger than you hmm. is i think important and if that drives you to be a better person then i mm. think by all means right that's it whether it exactly. is principia mathematica or the bible or quran or whatever what have you right yes. uh these are just books and those are just words if not mm. taken to heart internalized and put into practice to make yourself better and the community at large even better one sure. thing about the obligation i have to just add is that we also have a line which says that you will abide by the laws of the land Yes, Which very important. That you will be, ah, uh, you will be a law-abiding citizen. That's Now, true. If that doesn't help you be a better person, I don't know what is. <laughs> All right. So now, uh, switching gears, let's talk about the uh, lodges in Odisha. So, Rinesh, you want to take it forward? Sure. Ah, uh, so we found very few lodges in Odisha, and uh, I somehow feel there might be some reason, which obviously Shishir, you might be able to explain us. But let me just first give the names of these lodges. We found one lodge in Bhubaneswar, named as Lodge Lingaraj Number Three Zero Seven. Ah, I uh, this is named after the oldest temple in Bhubaneswar. Then we have a lodge in Katak, Barabati Number Three Two Three. I am pretty sure this is named after the Barabati Fort in Katak. There also used to be a lodge called Star of Orissa Lodge Number One One Zero Six. This was under the United Grand Lodge of England, consecrated back in 1866 in Katak. However, it is no longer in existence. Ah, uh, but somehow I think uh, Shishir, before we started the episode, we, you and me, were discussing about why there are so less lodges. I think yeah. you had a better angle to it. Would yeah. you like to share it with us? Yes, I'd like to share. Now, folks, uh, let's keep in mind that you know masonry in India is not about. a very recent phenomenon it's obviously you know coming over from the 1700s now in those days yeah there was a state of bengal but not like how we know it today hmm. bengal was you know pretty big like it 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 included your regions of bihar jharkhand chatisgarh and your uh, orissa and all also hmm. and again there were no political maps to say yeah okay entire orissa is also part of bengal it was pretty fluid i would say but nevertheless it all came under the statehood of bengal for all re- reasons and purposes hmm. now think about it like this where did freemasonry begin from if you listen to some of our initial episodes it all started from bengal you know calcutta and from there being the main port and you know where the all trade all the trade is happening all the military is sort of coming in the east india company gets established over there so that's like the hub of you know all this activities however states far off from that you know main hub like odisha bihar and all tend to get left behind a bit because they are out they are on the outer fringes of the main action right mm. and that sort of explains why you know there are so few lodges that even started over there even in the 1800s we just had one lodge in mm. odisha and that also is not existent anymore so yeah i think that's in my opinion in my speculative uh thought i think that would be the reason behind that yeah i it kind of makes sense right uh i mm-hmm. remember when we were done the uttar pradesh and bihar episode we actually felt the reason why there are many lodges in uttar pradesh was because of the royals because uh, the 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 kings and the rulers were there and obviously they wanted to rub shoulders with the british when they were there obviously understand how they work and maybe try to emulate or copy that stuff so obviously they were able to un- uh, they were able to relate to these concepts and they just went with the flow 
but when it came to bihar uh, i think you and me had another angle also to that bihar had more of the population with respect to the working class and for them they obviously looked at the british in a very different angle these are the guys who are actually not helping us in certain things and uh, listeners please do understand this was obviously pre independence period right so obviously for them it was at the time when uh, fighting and everything used to happen on every other basis some, for some reasons or the other because india was obviously fighting for independence at that time so the common folk who actually has to do the work in the king's palace as well as in a british cantonment obviously might start having some like feeling about okay i really don't want to do these things this is not exactly how i want so obviously that kind of a uh, animosity i would say would be there or that kind of a difference would be there and that difference created into certain extent when they came to know that there are freemasonic lodges freemason lodges or in their places and when the british is actually visiting they would obviously stay away from it that was one of the angle which i remember we also spoke about but yeah. this point which shishir actually added also adds to the fact that when you already have something in calcutta where your major forces where your major people are already sitting there you would obviously expect those lodges to be in those places not somewhere very far just because you want to have a lodge or you want to spread a lot uh, this is not a franchisee kind of an organization that i would just want to go and spread it across wherever i want to it only spreads at places where people want it it is not to be spread across paper so that people can just jump into it no it's exactly. the other way around exactly and that feeling or that thought i think still goes on even today freemasonry mm-hmm. is not a club it is not somewhere you can just chill and hang out no <laughs> this is not that place there are you know other such organizations where you can do that but this is a much more serious and you know a very different organization all right so i think uh, that kind of brings us to the end of this particular episode uh, rinesh but i think you do have a few uh, you know one, one particular brother i think that you would like to say thanks yes to. I would I would like to place my sincere thanks to Brother Shehan Pires from Sphinx Lodge Number One Zero Seven, which is part of the Irish Constituency in Sri Lanka, who gave me a really good overview of what Buddhism is all about and how is exactly it relates with Freemasonry. Uh, I met him obviously through one some of the webinars which was happening, and during that discussion, I just went ahead and asked him like, okay, how exactly does it work in your country? And he was like, okay, Rinesh, these are the things. These are the these are the things which matter. These are the things which is. And he also said that not everybody will actually agree to it, but. i think we as freemasons have actually started understanding we do not just go with the feeling that no my way is the only way otherwise it's your highway or something we actually have started understanding the other person and we also try to understand uh, and they also try to understand our view and that is when we come to an agreement and that is what freemasonry has helped us so that is exactly what brother shehan was actually tell, also telling me that maybe my view is and his view obviously according to about buddhism and freemasonry was his view it was not his lodge's view or it was not his district grand lodge's view it was his view but i was able to relate to that view i was able to question him certain things and he was able to answer those and that kind of made me give me some of these points it's very uh, we i i obviously gave a very brief overview of those but those are the points which we wanted to portray in front of everybody so that tomorrow any one of our listeners who is a buddhist and who would want to become a freemason they know this can be the place where you can actually come they and as well as some of our friends who or some of our listeners who who whose friends are actually freemasons or sorry whose friends are also buddhist they too can actually come up and say yeah you know what my friend actually is very interested about freemasonry he is a buddhist and he would like to obviously know more about it 
well our uh, our doors are open please do come and talk to us reach out to us and we should be able to guide you help you and uh, this also brings me to one point actually hmm. um regardless of where you are in the world you can reach out to any other brother hmm. or who is a freemason and you can connect with them like as if you know you're like long lost friends <laughs> yes friend. yes I, you know what she said actually that is so true you uh, recently we because of this covid situation right we have been spending more of our time like most of our time obviously at home in front of the system trying to watch netflix or amazon prime or something or the else but then uh, we obviously do get to spend some time on webinars uh, like most of these masonic webinars which we have been attending and irrespective to what it is when we reach there and we say oh you know what i am a brother from uh, india and everything and the uh, the person is obviously either from uh, europe or from us and they are all excited they all ask about how exactly it works out and the second meeting onwards we are like oh you know what i long time no see that's exactly the discussion which will come out and yeah. in respect to the <laughs> fact that i have not even met him but this virtual meeting which has happened has made him know that rinesh and shishir are my brothers in india they live so and so place so in case if i need any help about asking any doubts or anything i will just reach out to them and ask them about some questions or something and we just will we will just continue the conversation like the way we would continue a conversation with a long lost friend that's it exactly and i also wanted to just bring up one little point so recently i went over to lucknow and mm-hmm. i had the you know fine opportunity of meeting brother ashwini and brother uh, vk shrivastava and uh, you know it, it was fun actually they, there's a golf course club uh, in lucknow so they called me over there and hosted me for you know uh, an evening over a few uh, drinks and snacks and ah, nice. we how i got to know them is because for you know covering uttar pradesh episode i actually was in touch with brother uh, ashwini who is part of lord's morning star in lucknow and uh, you know he called me over saying that you know come over we'll just have a quick chat and have a good time it was like meeting old friends and i would like to really thank both these brothers for taking time out of their you know uh, on a sunday to come and meet a brother whom they have never met even once just spoken on the phone yeah. but never met before but you know they were still kind enough to you know call me over we had a great time thank you to both of you brethren this is what fraternity is all about right exactly yes so uh, i i told them that anytime they come to bangalore please definitely you know uh, call us up that is exactly what happens when it comes to such stuff and this is this is this is what makes it this is what makes freemasonry simply amazing when it comes to exactly. getting to know people from various places and just being friends forever completely agree so on that sweet note <laughs> uh we come to an end to of this episode covering odisha i hope you guys liked it we will be covering andhra pradesh next um as usual i would request all our listeners to you know feel free to reach out to us questions criticisms corrections we welcome everything because our objective behind this podcast is to present the right information about freemasonry and what better to get that information from a bunch of freemasons so that's what we are trying to do here and if there's any way you feel we can make it better whether it is regarding information or even the production quality or how we are talking <laughs> anything that you feel can be made better we would love to hear from you So with that folks I wish you all the very best happy republic day to everyone we are recording this on 26 January so yeah happy <laughs> republic day by the time it's out it might be a little late but anyway 
celebration and joy joyfulness is a thing that, that is good to share right so all right folks so that's all from me i'm shishir and i'm rinesh goodbye folks goodbye well that just about wraps it up folks we sincerely hope that you liked our episode and got a glimpse into the fascinating world of freemasonry and what better way than to hear about it from those who are the humble members of the gentle craft if you have any queries about what we shared on this episode or generally on this podcast or even about freemasonry please check out the show notes for links to the grand lords of india's website or feel free to write us an email please do look forward to the next episode